City have taken the lead. A lovely free kick found the head of the Birmingham City captain. It's a dangerous ball, it's a looping header, and it's a goal against the run of play for Birmingham City. Abby Grant. It's a lovely finish into the top corner. Guided in by Lucy Whip. Just gently lofted out of the reach of the keeper. Might be another chance for another goal. Cracking save by Hampton. Welcome back to Brummies Blue. It's been a while, but it's good to be back. January was a tough month for a lot of us. And I'll be honest with the listeners, I wasn't feeling doing the show. I just wasn't feeling it. And as we reach almost a year since this whole pandemic really took hold in this country, most of us have experienced a birthday in some sort of lockdown or another. It's tough, but as we keep saying, you just need to keep going. The light is at the end of the tunnel and we will be in stadiums once again, hopefully by the end of this year. With that out of the way, I'd like to introduce my fellow host this week. First, we have Kaz. How have you been, Kaz? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How have you been and how's the family? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good to be honest. Just uh, and the family's doing well. But Stacey might differ because she heard my my daughter screaming a, f- a few a few minutes ago. But she, she'll be okay, I'm sure. Uh, we're also joined by Stacey. Stacey, how have you been? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thanks, Craig. Glad to hear it. I was going to start this show by catching up on the news that we missed since our last show, but that can wait until later now, as we have a bigger issue to talk about. Let's go over to the steam room. After suggestions from one of our listeners, we will be revamping the Steam Room segment. We will still discuss the issues from this week, but we will debate them rather than just rant and move on. There's only one topic really for us this week, and that's the ludicrous decision to postpone tonight's Second City Derby (laughs) five minutes before the scheduled kickoff. The game had already been moved 90 minutes earlier to ensure the weather wouldn't play a part, and yet here we are. Alternative venues were talked about St George's Park, St Andrews but no 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 Damson Park remained the venue and the game was called off. I was on a Zoom chat with a few fans before the game was due to start and we were talking about the pitch. I asked someone there to send me a photo and what we could see it looked fine but aside from that it's unprofessional to call a game off so close to the kickoff time for all those journalists who have travelled the length of the country for the players who have warmed up for the managers and the staff that prepare the players all week for these kind of games. It's a disgrace Stacey, what were your first thoughts of the news when it's when it came out? Um, I was actually in the kitchen trying to sort out uh, in case was like the games off. I thought she was having me on. I was like literally trying to get all rush to get everything ready, to sit down, watch the game, and I was like, Oh, you're having me on and then my phone buzzed and it was Twitter and I was like baffled. Like let's be fair, um we all know that if a game's gonna get called off for something like a frozen pitch it's not going to have got any worse in half an hour. It's February on a Wednesday night. It's going to get colder. It's not going to get any better. Yeah, they put the heaters on, but have you seen the size of the heaters? That's not going to like thaw the ground out enough if it's that if it's that frozen. Them little heaters ain't going to help because I bet that got put on like an hour before we was meant to be playing or something stupid. Because it's just yeah, it's just farcical. It's really, really, really annoyed me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's really weird. The referee obviously is the one who ultimately gets the decision to call the game off or not. And the fact that they left it so late, even though it wouldn't have really changed much, as you say, Stacey, an hour before the game and they've allowed it to go this far on. It's it, it's just it's just a strange decision. And 
Kaz, you've been quite vocal about the ground staff at Solihull Moors who are responsible for the upkeep of the ground. It's not the first time a game has been called off there this season. In fact, there's six games featuring Birmingham City this season at home that have been called off now. Do they need to sh shoulder some more of the blame or is it Birmingham City 2 that should provide more staff to help them oversee the pitch given that we play there? I definitely think it's the, the latter of um, Blues need to help out, but Obviously, you can tell by the men's team, they've got no money and the women aren't certainly going to get any money to keep a pitch playable for the for the season. I don't understand. I've seen on Instagram, on Harriet's Instagram, and it was after the game, like the game had been called off, they'd put the heaters. So why weren't the heaters on during the night and during the day? Why? Why now? And like, if we have been talking about like going to a different ground, then why haven't the club, well, why hasn't Dong put his money in his pocket um, to pay for it? Um, because obviously, that, well, like you said, we've got five or six games now to reschedule. Obviously, it's not Carla's or the players' fault. I just think they're being left behind by somebody who doesn't care about the club. Um, and unfortunately, it's us fans that have got to pick it up, uh, keep it all together because we know players and managers come and go. But unfortunately, we can't just walk away and forget everything that's gone on. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone, everyone deserves better in this situation. And there's an example that was in the men's game in January. Six-tier side Chorley, who play in the National League North, were in the news last month when they overcame the big freeze to get their FA Cup game against Derby County, which they eventually won, played. They use these sorts of heated tents. If, if, if a team like Chorley, who play in the six-tier of English football, can have something like this to make sure a game goes ahead. I don't know why a team which has a men's team in the championship can't provide something similar to make sure the game goes ahead when it's just, it, it's it's crucial that we get these games done. It, we're supposed to be a professional league and we're not really showing that in the way that we're um, helping the teams. And something else that I um, was told earlier today, Rich Laverty put out that when um, 3G pitches aren't allowed in the WSL anymore, which is, which is a surprise to me because I didn't know many people knew this. That's but not... the fact that we can't play on that, given that the pitch is literally behind where we play, there's a pitch available that we can't use, even though it's there to be used. It's weird, isn't it, Stacey? Yeah, well, me and Kaz was actually speaking about this earlier, and obviously we was like, oh, that makes sense. Well, Liverpool moved their ground, obviously, when Villa come up this season, they moved to Warsaw. I can remember uh, a few years back when it was such a big debate about 3G pitches with women's football. And I, I can never remember the FA coming out and actually saying, oh, no, we, 3G pitches are no longer allowed in the WSL. But I feel that if we're playing in a winter league and a majority of the clubs are playing at lower league grounds, because none of us have got money to have our own grounds unless you're Chelsea or... or is it some Chelsea with Everton? their own grounds, isn't it? Everton, yeah, Chelsea and, and Everton. Chelsea, yeah. 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 For us, for me personally, if we're going to play in a winter league, there needs to be maybe a discussion of whether or not 3G pitches could be used for a certain amount of games if put, to try and stop postponements as long as both teams agree. I mean, we've, we've all seen some of the pictures where you've literally had Carla and Gemma looking at each other as if to say, like, they, they both look like they wanted it to go on from the way the, fans, uh, the players have reacted. Both teams wanted this game to go ahead. I'd like to know whether or not, maybe from Carla and from Gemma's perspective, if the option was there today to have gone behind that fence and fulfilled the fixture on a 3G pitch, as a one-off, would they have gone for it? I'm not talking about having a full season 
on a 3G pitch because, yes, we know there is links to ACL injuries and back problems. And But as far as I was aware, on the FA's website, 3G pitches are good enough for the standard of any league. The MSL in America play on 3G pitches. So I, I, it just baffles me. I mean, I think we'll all... We can all debate to the cows come home about whether or not we should be playing in a winter league, let alone anything else. Like, but yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting one given that Liverpool it, it kind of went under the under the radar that they moved away from the three G pitch at Witness. And earlier today, I saw that the Everton Academy team played at Witness, so the Academy teams can play there. Yet we can't as the as the main so, team. So can can't it's my, you it, think it's, Villa it's, was played at Boldmere last season on as a Championship club on a three G pitch? It feels like that this oh, WSL clubs can't play on 3G pitches. has literally been picked out of thin air. Because like you said, I'd never heard of it. Kaz, had you ever heard of it? No, and no, I'm quite clued up when it comes to stuff like that. So it's just, it, it, yeah, it just baffles me. Yeah, and as we said, six matches have been called off now so far this season at Damson Park. That's twice as many as last season. And we aren't even at the end of the season yet. Where do we go from here then? There is likely a contract between Solihull Moors and the club that allow us to play there. Without going into details, does continually failing to make sure the pitch is ready a breach of that contract? We, we we can't say for sure, but do we need to seek out alternative venues for games going forward, especially from next season? Obviously, Stacey, you you follow the men's team as well. Obviously, Coventry City play at St Andrews at the moment. Does that complicate things in the fact that we can't possibly play there because they've got other games to fit in as well? There's 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 no possibility of playing at St Andrews. Uh, I think if anyone watches a Blues or a Coventry game at St Andrews on the teller they can quite clearly see how cut up the pitches it's the, the pitch is struggling to hold up with the two men's teams let alone throwing the women's team in there as well let's let's put it out there though this has been one of the worst winters we've had in a while it's not just our games that have been affected Tottenham's been called off again today as well this year has been a problem you, you look at men's games in the lower leagues that have been called off as well it's not just a problem with Solion Moors. Do I believe Solion Moors have done all they can? Probably not. Do they need help from Blues? 100%. Are they going to get that back in? Probably not. Because as we all know, the club's in financial difficulties. It's been run by a bit of a... Mm, um, yeah. And when a club is so poorly run with no refunds or no resources, what do we as fans actually expect? is going to be happening. Yeah, absolutely. And just said exactly the same thing there. Women's, the women's team is not high on priority. The men are battling relegation from the championship. It, it was never going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, Kaz, has the women's professional game, given that they're trying to make everything at the highest standards in across the board, do, do you think the, the women's professional game has outgrown Damson Park? Oh, definitely. Um do you know, I was saying to Stacey earlier, um, if we'd won the Euro millions, like I think it was 131 million, like would that be enough to pay to get our own stadium? And Stacey was like, probably not, no. So I definitely need to think they need to find somewhere where it's not going to be a boggy pitch. If you look around the area of where the Moors ground actually is, it's all boggy land. But where would you play? There's, there's very limited... I was looking at this like the other day, sort of stadiums that are available in sort of the Birmingham area. There's a, there's an athletic stadium which is a bit, bit more north to where... Uh, towards where Walsall is, but that's not really ideal compared to... There's just nothing suitable, which is one of the problems when you play in such a city. There's When there's not much land to 
develop any new stadiums, there's not much you can do, given that the, the restrictions on money, especially at the club. Yeah, no, I, I just think, obviously, we're used to playing Stratford. We moved, we we wanted to move closer to Birmingham. Let's be fair, like, we always moan when other clubs are, like, when Bristol, Bristol don't play in Bristol anymore. And we was all like, why are Bristol not playing in Bristol anymore? For us to go to maybe a better standard of ground, I do believe that we would have to go outside of Birmingham, which, let's be honest, you'd probably then you lose quite a bit of your fan base because not everyone can travel to outside of Birmingham to go and watch a women's game. So you are pretty much in a catch-22. For me, I don't believe that we have outgrown the moors. I think the Damson Park is a cracking little stadium. It is. They've heavily invested into new stadiums as a club, Solio Moors. But I believe that Solio Moors need more assistance from Birmingham City when it comes to things like ground staff. Solio Moors are not going to pay their ground staff to look after a ground for us. They get look, they get paid by Solio Moors to keep the pitch for Solio Moors, not Birmingham City women. Mm-hmm. Therefore, Birmingham City need to invest some money to help the women, to help the Moors. All we're going to keep coming back to today is money. And that's literally what it boils down to, from my personal opinion. Yeah, absolutely. There's a few suggestions in the chat for possible grounds that we could play. One would one would be closer to me, actually. Kidderminster Harriers is a team that plays, um, obviously, not far from where I live. And they, they used to have under-soil heating, given that they were a, basically a league... T- the time that they put it in was League 2 football team. And they, I, don't, I think they still have it, which is which is remarkable for a team which is in Worcestershire, but which which doesn't really have a, a, a strength team. There's that option. There's Chris, Chris Freville, our friend... But the funny suggestion we play at the Rico Arena, <laughs> given that Coventry have moved out of there themselves. MFP Tasty, who's um, a Scottish football expert, said only one side in Scotland's top tier Rangers plays with a grass pitch. So that shows the difference in Scotland, which has cold weather more so than even we do. And uh, her football hub have put this. The FA should relax the rules around 3G pitches to accommodate league teams. We agree. With that one, um, obviously, that we didn't know the law had changed recently, given that Liverpool used to play at the grounds themselves. We br- 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 briefly brought that up earlier. But yeah, it's a situation where, as you say, no one's going to be happy with what, what we do if we do change something. But then if we don't change things, is this going to be the reality of us for, for years to come now? It's going to be one of those to look at. On to other bits of news then, which we missed during our break. We've had a number of new faces come through the door since the last time we sat down to record. Ruisha Little John joins the Blues from Leicester City. Emily Murphy joins from Chelsea. Ruby Mace joins from Arsenal's Academy. And Sophie Whitehouse joins from Spurs. We'll go through them all in turn, but let's start with Sophie Whitehouse, the 24-year-old keeper. She joins till the end of the season as a backup option to Hannah Hampton. She has an experience as a keeper at college level in the United States. Sophie looks to be that sort of player who can fit in if Hannah needs a rest. She hasn't featured much for Spurs this season. Do you think a fresh environment is what Sophie needed, Kaz? Oh, definitely. Like, you just look at, she's been learning from Hannah. And, like, if you look in the league, Hannah's probably one of the best youngsters in the league at the minute. So, I definitely think so. Like, I've seen a few videos of her as well from when she was in America. Um, Because, obviously, I didn't know a lot about her when she signed for us. So, yeah, she seems an all right goalkeeper. And if Hannah gets injured, um. I'd be more than happy for her to go in between the sticks and try and keep a clean sheet. 
Absolutely. And uh, with, with a half season deal, Stacey, is it the best option for both sides in the case that if it doesn't work out, both can go their separate ways? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think at this stage, like Kaz said, I didn't know much about her. Um, but when she left, she got some quite well wishes from Tottenham and stuff. So um, let's be fair, having, having at least a goalkeeper on the bench is an improvement for us. <laughs> Uh, having one like Sophie, I think is a massive step up. So, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm quite happy for the signing of Sophie. To be fair, also at the club until the end of the season is midfielder Ruisha Littlejohn, the Scottish-born Ireland international, brings much-needed experience to the Blues' side, especially with captain Christy Murray out for a while. I've been impressed by her tenacity in the midfield since her debut against Brighton. What about you, Stacey? She's uh, that bit of experience that we may have needed within the squad. Um, I vaguely remember playing her playing for Liverpool when I lived up that way, and um, I only went to like one or two games. Just putting that out there, and I vaguely remember her playing, and I thought she was decent back then. Um, again, I didn't really know much about her when we first signed her out to have a delve through and stuff and see if I could find some footage. But after watching her play for the last couple of games, I think she's uh, going to be invaluable to us with her experience and especially when we've got such a young squad at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. She's played at the top level for the likes of Liverpool, as you mentioned, and West Ham United in the past. Is that the kind of player you need, Kaz, when you've got such a young group of, a, a, a young group of players? Oh, definitely. Like you, look, you look on Sunday against Everton and she completely bossed that midfield. Like I can't rate her highly enough. Like I know she's only till the end of the season again. But if we had the option to buy you now, I would I would like literally sign her on a long term contract. Um, I think she's been the key that we've been missing in midfield. Yes, Christie's amazing um, when she's been fit, um, but I definitely think Little John's been the the key to uh, the midfield that we've been missing at the start of the season. Next up, we have a one dual contract deal and one loan, but in essence. They are both basically loan deals. The only difference is one will go back to the Arsenal Academy in the summer and the other will be going back to Chelsea's first team. Let's start with the one that came in first, Emily Murphy from the league leaders and league champions Chelsea. She was voted Young Player of the Year by their supporters group in 2020 and at just 17 years old is already a talented footballer. When you What, what do you make of her, Kaz? To me, she seems to have that physicality you want from a striker at the top level and is, isn't afraid of anyone. Oh, definitely. Like the link up between her and Claudia as well, and um, Jamie Lee, um, the couple of games that they've played um, looks fantastic. Uh, yeah, I definitely think I think that's what Claudia's needed this season. Somebody who can match her pace and stuff. So she's a cracking little player. I've seen she's got she scored two goals as well against WSL clubs, Aston mm-hmm. Villa, and I think West Ham. So I definitely had had a score today as well because she obviously doesn't like playing against Claret and Blue. Cracking little player and uh, definitely one for the future. Yeah, for someone who scored um, her first goal for for Chelsea at the age of 16, she's obviously someone who's very talented. What do you make of her since she's came in, Stacey? I think she's been cracking. Um, As Kaz said, she's definitely one for the future, but she's she's good enough to be playing in this level now, week in, week out. And I've think Carla did a great job of getting her in for us, even though it's only to the end of the season. You don't know if things go well. We could be like, can can, can please 
please miss can can she come back for another season so which would possibly again benefit herself getting more playing time but you never know but no I think she's done in this couple of games that she's played give given her more time I think her Claudia and Jamie could have a little cracking thing going up front so yeah it's a good, good yeah, signing yeah absolutely I think it's the case of just like Jamie Lee Napier, it's the more game that game time that she gets, the better you can see that when she gets up to full fitness, she's getting to that level that she can prove. And that's shown you why she was brought into a club like Chelsea. And obviously, yeah, if if, if Chelsea continue having the likes of Sam Kerr, Aaron Cuthbert, Peniel Harder, etc. in the team and they can't get her in the team, if they sign her to a long-term deal and then put her out on loan to somewhere somewhere like us again next season, that'll be yeah. best for both best best for both parties in that in that regard. And um Last but not least, we have, um, oh, I've mentioned this before we go on to the last one. Chris uh, mentioned in the chat that uh, via, via, via so sorry, uh, sorry, we mentioned her last show, Chris. It's been a long time. I, I, I'll be fair to you since we last did a show. So you might have forgotten that, to be fair, but we did talk about her. But last but not, not least today, we have Ruby Mace. Um, Ruby Mace, of course, joins us from Arsenal until the end of the season. The 17-year-old can play in both defence and midfield, but Carla looks to be using her as a centre-back for at least the time being. We said the same about Murphy Kaz, but for someone so young, she didn't look phased against Everton. In fact, she tried to dribble the ball out of defence at one point, which reminded me of, of, of a certain Aoife Mannion. Yeah, she was. Um, she definitely um, proved how valuable she's going to be to this team. Um, when we lost Corsi, and then obviously Georgia couldn't play out the weekend, I think nobody thought we'd come away with a point, um, especially with the team that Everton had. And for me... I thought she was a fantastic signing. Like out of all the signings Carla's made, I think this one might be my favourite. Uh, she's definitely one for the future. Like you said, she reminds you a bit of Aoife Mannion, but also Keris Harrop as well. Like she's very demand. She was very demanding of the ball and of her own box. And for such a young age, like age, you don't see many players like that around no more. No, absolutely. What about you, Stacey? What did you think when you heard we signed her? Well, firstly, can I just say the fact that the media keep emphasising the fact that she's on a dual contract from Arsenal's academy is a little bit misleading. It's as though that they, the way they were saying it is that she's an academy player, she can't play at this level, blah, 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 blah. And it's not, it's just because of her age and obviously the contract, the way contracts and things work. And it, as you said, it's because she'll go back into their academy rather than their first team. She's but anyway, when <laughs> when we first heard that, obviously, we signed her, I was over the moon. Um, I'd done a bit of research into young defenders and midfielders who we could possibly look at in the January anyway. And she was one of the ones that I'd said to Kaz, oh, won't mind her down the blues. Like, she, some of us factor England stuff. She, look, she looks all right. And then when, when we actually found out that we had signed her, I was like, Another good bit of business, to be fair. Um, I haven't got a bad word to say about her. She seems to just want to play football. And I think it's slightly refreshing when you've got younger people coming through with so much talent. And all they seem to want to do is just play football. So, yeah, no, I was very happy with Ruby as well. I was quite a happy person with the signings, can you tell? 
Yeah, well, considering we had barely anyone on the bench, anyone could matter, yeah. but we got quality as well, which is which is yeah. credit to Carla that she's managed to get these sorts of players. Yeah, it, it, that's what it feels yeah. like. It feels like it wasn't just numbers. It feels like we've actually gone for to add quality rather than just have the numbers on the bench just just so we can have a full bench. Yeah, I think I think it sums up that. The, the likes that Claudia Walker and Bex Holloway have stepped up this season so much is because they've got points to prove. And I think that's the sort of player that Carla likes to work with, players who have something to prove, maybe because they're too young, maybe because they didn't work out in their last club. But it's it's players who want to prove that they, they're good enough for this level and the players we're bringing in are proving that. So that's good to see. Also in the news this week, goalkeeper Hannah Hampton was named in the latest England squad to face Northern Ireland later this month. She could come up against teammate Chloe McCarran even. Um, She could play later this month when they play Northern Ireland. Obviously, congratulations to Hannah Hampton for getting yet another call-up for England. Um, Kaz, what what do you make of this? Obviously, Hannah's going to continue to play really great. She's got the best save percentage in the league. She's obviously a very good keeper, and if she keeps playing the well she can, she, they can't really ignore her, really. Oh, definitely not. Like when you look at the top English goalkeepers, um, for me, apart from Ellie Roebuck, she's probably the best goalkeeper in the league. English keeper. Before anybody comes at me and say there's other keepers there, Hannah's been been our number one for the past couple of seasons now, and she's proven time and time again why. England should be looking at her and why she deserves the call up. Um, we've got the what is it the fifth best um, defensive record, and that's not just down uh, down to the four defenders. That's including Hannah as well. Like like you said, she's the number one uh, shot stopper in the league, and um, just proves how far she's came in the game as well. Yeah, absolutely, and long that may continue. On to our only game to talk about this week, unfortunately. It would have been first of two, but it's the only game. Um, Sunday, the Blues travelled to Everton and came back with a well-earned point. Won all the final score. Um, I thought Chloe McCarron had a good game in midfield, plenty of energy and getting stuck in and perhaps would be missing a little bit in the recent games after Christy Murray got injured. Claudia Walker worked hard once again up top, holding the ball up, and it was Walker who got us back into the game after Danielle Turner's opener. Walker smashed the ball at the Everton defender, which earned us a penalty. At first viewing, I thought it was extremely harsh, given the distance between them and the ball. But watching it back a few times, Izzy Christensen's arms are above her head when the ball is struck. What did you make of this, Stacey? Well, I, I agreed I agreed with you at first. I thought, oh, it's a bit harsh. And then I remembered Izzy's tiny. <laughs> so when I'm thinking the ball's hit, I'm like, oh, it's a bit harsh. It's like, no, like, Izzy's tiny, and then you can clearly see that her arms are above her head. But yeah, no, I, I thought it was a great little bit of uh, play from Claudia to even get into that position. To I'm just I'm shocked that a decision went for us, not against us. I'm not gonna lie. Is that like maybe our second penalty of the season? Uh, Molly think... Green had one against uh, yeah. Man United, was it earlier on yeah. in the season? I can't think of any others. I can't remember. There might, there might have been one more, but there wasn't that. There's not that many, Bristol, as you say, yeah. Stacey. Bristol, there you go. Yeah, okay, so three. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I thought, um, as you said, I think Claudia had a great game. Um, it wasn't a great penalty, but all is forgiven because Jamie was very quick off the mark. Yeah, absolutely. Walker steps up to take it, and her effort, as you said, is saved by the keeper, but Jamie Lee Napier is on hand to chip in the rebound into the net. She came in from Chelsea having found her minutes limited and is really starting to show why Chelsea bought her from Hibernian in the first place. Do you agree, Kaz? 
do you know what? I'm going to eat my words now because when Chris put up that poll of uh, our pl player of half the half season, um, and she came up against like Claudia and that, mm. and she basically beat Claudia in the, in the poll. I know it's only a poll, and I put something along the lines. I don't know how she's done that when she's did nothing all season. So obviously we don't get now we're not at the game we don't get to see players off the ball and how they work off the ball, um. But over the last couple of games she's been absolutely like, fantastic. Uh, I can't obviously I can't wait to get back in the grounds because then we get get to see what the players are like off the ball. But on the ball I think Jamie's improved a hell of a lot from the start of the season. Um, she scored on Sunday like you said. And hopefully that'll give her a bit more confidence to push forward and score some more, more goals come the second half of the season. Didn't Jan a lot that tweet where you said that she'd done nothing all season as well? Why not? <laughs> Maybe she's proving you wrong. Maybe she saw that and went, right, I'm going to prove this silly northern... That that reminds me of a, a tweet I did last year. I think it was last year um, about about Everton saying they wouldn't make the top four and Willie Kirk liked that after he came in. And they, they then they... Credit to them, they finished fourth last year. So yeah. they, they, everyone remembers. Everyone's like elephants, they remember. Um, Everton enjoyed most of the ball in the second half in this one, but I don't think they really did enough with it to make the difference. Hannah had to catch the ball a few times, but nothing too dangerous. Thoughts overall, Stacey, as the game ended, all square? Um, as Kaz said, I wasn't expecting anything from the game, um, but I'm, I was really proud with a point. Um, I do think at times we were probably the better team. Uh, I think it was probably one of our strongest performances of the season. I was a little bit unhappy with the set piece, which gave the goal away. I'd literally just turn around to Kaz and went, oh, Ruby's having a really good game, as she gave the free kick away. Uh, but I don't think Hannah really got a wall sorted and organised properly. It was They shouldn't have been able to score from the position that they scored in. So I was a little bit frustrated with that. But I think... Isn't it the first time that we've come from a goal behind to actually get something so. out of the game? So it just proves how far we've actually come as a team. Uh, we haven't let our heads drop, and we've literally gone right, guys. Come on, we can we can get back into this. And you can see you could see the belief the players had that they didn't once look like they thought the game was gone from them. They they played really well, and I can't give the squad or the management enough credit for it. So yeah, I thought it was a great game to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Any any point you can get against the top half of the table is obviously going to be massive going into the la last half of the season, especially when you got still got to play Aston Villa now. You still got to play Tottenham, I think. Man City, you got to play twice, which which we don't really care about because they're playing well. But we got we got games which we get points again, and hopefully we're gonna by the end of the season we will be clear away from the relegation spot. Now, before we go, Carla Ward and Harriet Scott, the birthday girl herself, were joined by three of the sister clubs for a mini press conference this past week. One of the younger footballers said their mum would buy them McDonald's when they won an important match. So I thought that would be a good question to ask on this week's show as we end the show. So, Stacey, let's start with you. What would you like to eat after winning the biggest game of the season? Oh, probably a steak. A steak? Yeah, no, no, a nice big juicy steak, yeah. How do you have the steak? If I'm in a posh place, medium rare, if I'm in a pub that they can't cook rare, because then it comes out normally medium rare, so medium rare. That's okay. My girlfriend would kill you if you said well done. Anyone who sells oh, well done, she, she'll burn them has, on the steak. Has, <laughs> has. It drives me mad. I actually cooked steak the weekend. I had a new griddle for Christmas off me. Mum and Dad, I love it. It's one of, I'm, I'm old now. 
kitchen appliances. I'm all there for it. But I genuinely had to go and put Kaz's steak on the grill 10 minutes before I put mine on because she will not have it. A bit of pink and she's like, nah, won't eat that, nah. What, what about you, Kaz? What would, what would you like to have? If... Oh, mine's easy. A nice, juicy chicken parmesan. Parmo. <laughs> all day long. All Emma day Kelly long. approves this tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Just for some context, right? Parmo's a vile. <laughs> that is so greasy and cheesy that, like, there are heart attack on the plate. And no I'm one a very cheesy person. Words. I'm a very cheeky person. The jokes certainly are. <laughs> I would I would go for a Chinese buffet myself and hopefully it's something we can have again once everything's back to normal in the near future. <laughs> That's all for this week's show. Thanks to Kaz and Stacey for joining me. You can follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at Brum is Blue. And as always, remember to keep right on.